Hi, and welcome to the Postal Affairs Podcast, your source for the latest news on postal and mailing solutions, featuring your host, Alex Marcia, and Director of Postal Affairs, Bob Schimmick. Welcome to our Quadian Postal Affairs Podcast. This is the recording for the week of December 10th. This is your host, Alex Marcia, and I'm here with our Postal Affairs Director, Bob Schimmick. Hi, Bob. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So the holidays are coming up, huh? Uh, way faster than I think I would like them to be, but yes, they are. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I feel like we just, you know, I can remember when we started recording our podcasts earlier this year, and now we are at the end of the year. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is going to be, I know we were going to talk about it, but yeah, this is going to be our, our final episode for the year. Yeah, this is our final episode for the year. So talking about the final episode for the year um, in 2019, I hear that the price change continues to draw near uh, for January, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure people are waiting to hear. Yes. Yeah. And and actually, it's something that we've kind of been just keeping an eye on, you know, as we get closer, because there was uh, definitely a few changes that have been taking place and a few things have uh, clarified even a little bit more since the last podcast that we did. Um, And so the primary uh, change that's worth noting is that the PRC, which is the Postal Regulatory Commission, they're the ones responsible for officially approving the price change. they, the, when the Board of Governors made the decision to delay the implementation of dim weight pricing, that decision still had to go back to the PRC for approval. And as of our last podcast, that was still lingering as an unknown. So the PRC has officially come back. They have approved that delay. And so now, you know, I would say everything for the most part now is nailed down and buttoned up as far as what is and is not going to be in the price change that goes into effect in January. So then just a quick reminder for that. So the dim weight, which stands for dimensional weight pricing, that is not going to go into effect until June 23rd of 2019. So that is not going to uh, be implemented in January. However, the balloon surcharge is going away in January. So we've talked about this last time that it does create an interesting window of opportunity here for those that are are lighter, uh, mailing lighter weight pieces or packages uh, to get a little bit of a price discount before the dim weight pricing goes into effect. The other thing that did get clarified a little bit more that there were some questions going around was exactly what versions of electronic documentation the Postal Service was going to be supporting and what exactly was going to be the transition that occurs you know, as we go through January. And so um, the initial documentation that the Postal Service uh, put out wasn't, didn't have all the different details uh, worked through and so they have since issued a clarification so that's now all squared away and I think the short story there is um, if you're doing electronic documentation with mail.dat or mail.xml, if you want to make sure you're safe, the best thing you could do is for if you're using mail.dat to make ensure that you're using 18-1 because 18-1 is good right now and it's going to continue to be good after we get past the price change. So that's the solid answer there. And then the equivalent for that on the uh, mail.xml side 
is going to be mail XML uh, version 20. Uh, sorry, make sure I do this. Say this right. Mail XML version 21. 21 will be valid right is valid right now and will be continued to be valid once we get past the price change. The other thing is uh, that everyone should be aware of is when the Postal Service deploys the price change release, which happens two weeks before the price change, so that's going to be on January 13th. Once they deploy that, mail.dat 17-1 is no longer going to be supported and will not work. It's just flat out that one is done. Um, and so it's the same type of situation uh, with mail XML 18-1. Um, Sorry. Wow. I got to read my notes correctly here. That is also the case um, uh, for mail XML 21. So um, I know there's a lot of things to keep track of, but like I said, um, if if you're on 17.1 or 17.2, your safest bet is to get to 18.1. And then also for those that want to stay on top of everything, 19-1. Um, is will be valid for all mailings after the price change continuing forward so um, that's kind of the lay of the land and then for those that are using mail xml i do think a lot of a lot of people in the industry are less familiar with the, the actual versions being used just because their software provider just takes care of making necessary updates behind the scene and it just automatically automatically or automatically happens for them so so that's kind of the updates on the price change so i think you know now that we head into the holiday the end of the year holiday season and and do the final preparations uh everything for the price change is pretty much nailed down ready to go yeah thank you bob for that update so i also hear that there's some interesting news on the trump presidential task force report can you tell us some a little bit about that sure yeah and i obviously and you know the big news is the task force report has been officially released now um just to take a step back and kind of bring everyone up to speed on what this is and, and what's going on. Um, this was an executive order that came from President Trump. Um, the order actually was issued back in April 12th of 2018. Um, and there was a fairly tight turnaround time for when this report needed to be done. And so the report was completed and it was submitted to the president on August 10th, 2018. But then President Trump made the decision not to release the actual contents of that report until we were past the midterm elections. And and so, you know, the midterms elections occurred, obviously, at the beginning of November, and there's been a lot of speculation about when exactly was this report going to come out. Well, the timing, I guess, I find very fascinating in that um, it was released the Tuesday before uh, the Wednesday uh, National Day of Mourning for President Bush. So it's like on Tuesday afternoon, you know, a little bit later in the day uh, before everyone is obviously going to be focused on President Bush and that's going to be the top story in the news is the funeral for President Bush on Wednesday. They officially released this port and, and, and and set it loose into the wild, but um, it, you know, it's it's definitely not going to get 
definitely did not get top billing as far as the news article because of surely because of the timing. Mm, that's very interesting. So I also see that this is a 74 page report. Um, that's a lot of information to go through, isn't it? It is. And, and I, w I will be honest that I haven't um, read the entire report completely yet, but um, there are some things that are interesting that we can spend a little bit of time talking about. If nothing else, it may pique everyone that's listening their curiosity enough to maybe go out and take a closer look at the, re at the report itself. And so it does include a wide range of recommendations. Um, it was noted that Congress needs to overhaul the current business model to be able to return it to it to sustainability moving forward. And so, I, you know, to me, that's not really anything new. Um, the Postal Service has been repeatedly calling for congressional action to, you know, create a sustainable Postal Service moving forward. The report did recommend uh, stronger governance. Um, and so I'm going to read a little uh, a little section of it. If the Postal Service is unable to achieve a sustainable business model and satisfy its financial commitments, including those to other federal agencies, the PRC, which is the Postal Regulatory Commission, should be given stronger regulatory authority to take necessary revenue and expense measures. And that's kind of a scary statement. Um, because if we look at that combined to, with the with the PRC's 10-year rate review, which is still going on now, we're two full years past 10 years. Um, you know, their initial proposal that they sent out the industry had had some very scary numbers, where they are looking at potentially increasing underwater products by as much as CPI plus like four percent, which means like over a five-year period, they could be seeing postage increases of, you know, nearly 40%, which would be, I would propose, is, would be devastating to the mailing industry. So um, some other things in the report is that it notes that the USO, which stands for Universal Service Obligation, needs to be more clearly defined. And that is one thing that I would uh, completely agree with. And, I, and it's been a topic that has come up within the mailing industry is, you know, there is this, this um, cost to the Postal Service for providing universal service, but there really is nothing that defines what that, what that is really, what's the minimum bar for what that needs to be. You know, today that means delivering to every household six days a week. Well, is that what is needed? to comply with universal service or you know is there really a bar that might be less than that you know for example what if the postal service chose to say where we were you know i know that this was a topic in the past of the postal service potentially going to five-day delivery okay so that obviously has an impact on universal service and what it should be so it sounds like this could kick up a lot of discussion and debate about what is the true uh, universal service obligation that the postal service needs to uh, maintain, and what it and it needs to be more clearly defined. Thank it's you also, for that update. Yeah, go ahead. So I was also going to note that the postal service. Uh, it was also noted that they should have more pricing flexibility. 
uh, around items that are not deemed essential services. And again, this could create an, another huge debate about uh, what's the definition of an essential service versus a, a non-essential service. Uh, so I could see that being another area of interesting discussions. Uh, the Postal Service also, in the report, it noted that the Postal Service's cost allocations methods are out of date. And so, again, here I'm, I'm reading just a, a little excerpt of that report, which says, the Postal Service must pursue new cost-cutting strategies that will enable it to meet the changing realities of its business models. These should include evaluating modifications to delivery processing standards and expand the use of private sector partners in areas such as processing and sortation. I think that's an area that's going to get a fair amount of uh, discussion and attention from the mailing industry, especially the, that very end part talking about expanded use of private sector partners in areas as, such as processing and sortation. That could that could uh, could be very interesting and and create some more and new opportunities for the mailing industry. Um, it also did call out that labor for fiscal year 2018 accounted for 70. 6% of its overall operating costs. And it was noted that wages should be brought in line with other federal employees. So uh, apparently this task force report uh, finds that, uh, that there is a discrepancy between postal service employees and federal employees where, I, I, as I read it, the, the postal employees are being paid more than federal employees. Um, it also noted that uh, when it comes to new revenue, the Postal Service should consider uh, some new revenue ideas, such as licensing access to the mailbox. Again, this could be another area that could create some interesting discussions, because right now the Postal Service is the only one that's allowed to put anything into the mailbox, other than obviously the consumers when they're looking to mail something. But any other business is not allowed to put anything into that. and you know. I think there are, would be interest from the mailing industry by other people, other companies that would potentially want to be able to put something into that mailbox and maybe there could be some revenue there for the Postal Service to offer a licensing fee. So as I noted, um, it's very interesting, the timing for that this report came out, um, but it's also, uh, I would propose a good time to now let people take a look at it. And as we head into 2019, I think there's gonna be some very interesting discussions that are gonna get triggered out of this report. And uh, I think it is something that we will continue to discuss and debate as we head into 2019 now. For sure, thank you. And since you're talking about 2019, I hear that the Postal Service is off to a good start, isn't it? Yes, yes, and so, um, and people might be scratching their head and saying, well, wait a minute, it's not really 2019 yet. But uh, here we're talking about the, the Postal Service's 2019 fiscal year. So just a quick reminder for everyone, uh, the, the Postal Service's fiscal year for 2019 starts on October 1st. And so they reported, essentially they reported their October numbers. And overall, I would say um, the numbers look pro promising compared to last year. And so just comparing uh, numbers for to last year, it was noted that revenue was up six months, or wow, 
revenue was up 6% compared to last year. Um, and a lot of that was driven by election mail. Um, and it was noted that marketing mail volume was up 18%. So 18%, that's impressive. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and clearly, you know, I think everyone realizes, you know, the, the midterm elections got a lot of attention, a lot of press time, and it also generated a lot of mail volume for the postal service. So, uh, good for the mailing industry and good for the postal service. Um, it noted that total revenue was up $500 million more than the previous year, which is a increase of 5.9%. And that helped drive a net income. So a net income of $85 million. And so, uh, the postal service first month of the year is, is in the black, <laughs> this come as far as net income. Uh, and this compares to a net loss of 129 million last October. So they went from wow. losing 129 million last October to a positive 85 million this year. But again, as noted, um, this is a, is unique. Well, I, I would say it's unique every other year in that um, it was an election year and that definitely helped drive mail volume. So grand total looking across the board, total revenue was up 5.9%. Total volume was up 4.6%. So that both of those uh, look very good. Well, talking about not so good, <laughs> um, I hear that the uh, delivery work hours increased. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, when we look at the October numbers, they increased at 5.4%. So they, they increased more than the volume percentage, um, but didn't increase quite as much as the total revenue percentage. But, you know, this continues to have the mailing industry worried and anyone that's looking at these numbers because it really calls into question, you know, the Postal Service's ability to manage the cost of labor. You know, ideally, you know, you're going to the same delivery points every single day. Obviously, higher volume um, does have associated costs with it, but, you know, you should have, you should be able to have that revenue increase at a higher pace than what your labor costs are. Because if, you know, if higher volume just means higher, higher labor costs, and that ends up sucking up all the potential profit, you know, the postal service is never going to get out of the, get out of the problem that they're in. So there has to, they have to be taking a look at more aggressive management actions that can keep uh, the costs under control. So then as revenue and volume grow, um, it creates a more positive environment for the postal service. The other thing to note here is that transportation continues to increase and it, and that went up 7.3% over October of last year. So over, overall, yes, we're off to a better start than last year. But um, as we've talked about in the previous podcast, as far as the financial forecast for 2019, it still looks like a rough road ahead. And, and I think uh, the primary challenge is the Postal Service is going to have to keep labor and transportation under control to help minimize the projected losses that they are expecting to see. Thank you, Bob. So our last story for today is in regards to the Inspector General. So. Uh, I guess we officially have an in, an inspector general, Bob. Yes, we do, and so uh, uh, we we would like to congratulate Tammy Whitcomb, 
Um, she is our officially now our third inspector general of the Postal Service. Um, it should be noted that she has been serving in an acting role since February of 2016. So this is not someone that's really new to the position. But now that we ha actually have Board of Governors, um, they have made her role official and officially selected her as the Inspector General moving forward. And so the, the thing to call out here is it, it, this is a very important role and position within the Postal Service because the Office of the Inspector General is the ones that conduct the audits, do the investigations, that are really focused to promote efficiency and look for areas to detect and prevent fraud and waste. And so um, the OIG is constantly issuing reports. And I know um, a lot of the podcasts over the last year, we will highlight different OIG reports and where they have identified opportunities for improvement, where uh, clearly goals and objectives were not being met. And so it's a very important function within the Postal Service, kind of a, you know, kind of looking to keep them honest. And so we'd like to congratulate, congratulate Tammy uh, for the official appointment. And I would propose that she's been doing a great job and we, the industry, uh, looks forward to continuing to work with her into the future. Thank you, Bob. So, um, like Bob and I said earlier during the podcast, uh, this is the last one for this year. Uh, we want to wish everybody and all of our listeners uh, happy holidays and a blessed and happy new year in 2019. We'll definitely have a lot to talk about, right, Bob? Oh, yeah. I, I think they're, you know, at, with all the things that we just talked about here, it's teen up 2019 to be just as enter entertaining or interesting as, as this past year was. Yeah, for sure. So our next episode will be on the week of January 7th. Uh, if you would like for us to cover a specific topic or if you have any questions, please email us at postalaffairsaquadient.com. Again, postalaffairsaquadient.com. Um, thank you, Bob, for the update. And also thank you to all of our listeners, uh, lawyer listeners throughout the year. Um, and uh, we look forward to starting a new year full of podcasts and really good industry relevant information for everybody all right thank you bob <laughs> bye bye talk to you later